Welcome to the 360 Leadership Podcast, the top-rated show for driven women in senior leadership with new episodes released every Wednesday. I'm your host, Lucy Garnon, a multi-award winning executive coach for women leaders and the founder of 360 Leaders Club, an exclusive high-level membership for career-driven, family-orientated women just like you. I created the 360 Leadership Podcast to share practical tips, actionable step-by-step strategies and inspiring stories to support you to unlock the power and belief within, to accelerate your impact and potential so you can build a life filled with success, balance and happiness. So are you ready to achieve 360 degree success? No more excuses, no more waiting, your time is now. Hi there and welcome back to another episode of the 360 Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Lucy Gernon, multi-award winning executive coach and CEO and founder of 360 Leaders Club, which is a high level membership for women in senior leadership who want to have it all. Now, today's episode is really special as we are celebrating 100 episodes of the podcast So today what we decided to do was to pull out some of the best bits and from some of our top performing episodes to give you the tips and strategies that we have shared that our our listeners have found most valuable. So even if you're around here for a while and you've been listening, I can guarantee you you've forgotten some stuff and it's always nice to have a reminder. And equally, if you're new here, well, isn't it a great episode for you to listen in on so you can get a flavor of what we talk about on the podcast. So on that note, if you haven't rated or reviewed the podcast before, today would mean the world to me if you would do that. And if you would share this episode far and wide to try to see, can we boost up the charts? We have been number one on the Apple Podcasts career category several times this year and I would absolutely love if we could get up the charts um, in different countries this week. So I would really, really, really appreciate if you could share the podcast, download a few episodes, re-listen to a few episodes and just help us drive up our listenership. I We put so much time into this podcast, my team and I, and it would just be such a nice little reward to get back from you, my lovely listener. So like I said, today my team have pulled together some of the best bits from our top performing episodes, but just humor me for a couple of minutes if that's okay before we get into all the juicy stuff because I want to take a little trip down memory lane and I want to share a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes of the podcast. What does it take to actually produce something like this? So we are 100 episodes in. And we have released an episode every single Wednesday, come rain or shine, for the last 100 weeks. And before that, I had actually started this podcast and I had cancelled it and I wasn't sure. So I'm not even counting what I did before 100 episodes before. Now, for me to produce this free content takes a lot of time. I have a dedicated podcast manager. I have other assistants as well who help out with the production process. So I'm just going to talk you through what actually happens. The first thing we do is how do I even pick a topic for what I'm going to talk about? So first of all, I listen to my clients. I listen to the members of 360 Leaders Club. I listen to what they're asking. I listen to the challenges they're facing. And if I share something with my members that I think can help 
you know the wider population I will share some of that on the on the podcast now obviously when you're a member of 360 Leaders Club or if you're a private VIP one-to-one client the support is a lot more tailored to your specific situation but I try to give like a, a broad kind of a picture on the podcast so my podcast manager and I will meet up every single month and we have a podcast pitch meeting And in this meeting, we come up with content ideas. She'll pitch some stuff to me about what she thinks is going to work, what we're hearing in the community. And then I will be listening to, I suppose, what what I'm hearing from my clients. I'll be feeling into what my listeners are telling me, which is why I always love to hear from you because we're always looking for content ideas. Like producing an episode every week, it takes a lot. So if you ever have a challenge and you want me to record an episode, please just slide into my DMs on Instagram or on LinkedIn and I'll happily do that for you at some point if I can. So we have the pitch meeting, we decide, we look at what's going on in the world that week. So for example, when Christmas is coming up, we'll try to pick episodes that are more timely around then, that kind of thing. We will lock in our our content and then the process begins. So once the topics have been chosen, we'll create podcast outlines, which is kind of the the key things I'm going to teach you in a podcast so again I like to try and give you actionable tips and strategies and frameworks and things you can easily implement and remember so I have to sit down and obviously write that out or I might have one of my assistants to do some research for me and come with proposals so like there's a whole team behind this okay there's a whole content team behind this too then I will record the podcast then somebody has to edit the audio Then we have to upload it to the platform that we host it on. We have to create social media promotions for it. We create email marketing for it. And all of this we are doing, we are not getting paid for this podcast at this moment in time. It is not sponsored by anybody at all. And the reason that I do this and I spend so much time on this podcast is because I genuinely care. I genuinely wish when I worked in corporate I had access to a resource like this where I could literally no matter what challenge I was facing I could find an episode or if I couldn't find an episode the host was like telling me to reach out like I don't think you realize how much of an asset this podcast is for you so please please be sure to reach out and ask us because we will either direct you to an episode to support or we will add your topic to our list um, so that when we're recording, we can answer your question. So that is kind of the production process. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of thought that goes into it. Um, and there's a lot of telling people to be quiet <laughs> when we're recording and things like that too. So that's why I always really appreciate like when I see we're at number one on Apple or somebody comes on a call with me and they say, Lucy, I found you through your podcast like just hearing your feedback, knowing it's not falling on deaf ears, literally means the world. So on that note, today would be a really good day to slide into my DMs and tell me what you're enjoying about the podcast. Tell me what you'd like to see in the future, because we are now going to be going on to the next 100 episodes, which is super exciting. So I will always be in your earbuds as long as you're listening. So that's my little trip down memory lane thank you thank you thank you again for everything and again like I said rate review share all of the things and now my team have been busy beavering away going through your most liked your most listened to episodes 
and you're going to hear some of the best bits next. So you're going to hear uninterrupted audio clips. There's going to be little whooshes between each of the episodes and the whole aim is to give you some little value. Um, So whatever you take away from it, you take away from it. If you need to pause it and write things down, I invite you to do that. But above all, thank you for being here. Thank you for celebrating with me in my DMs. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy this little recap of our 100 shows. There's a lot of women who really hate the whole thing about men and women being seen as kind of two separate. And we're all about, you know, I suppose, diversity, inclusion, equality, equity and all those things. But I believe now that we're beginning to evolve because women are starting to wake up and realize, actually, we can do whatever, whatever the hell we want to do. So what would you say to those women who are still holding themselves back? I just want to pause this episode for a second to tell you about something super exciting that I'm hosting on the 22nd of May and it's absolutely free. It's my brand new imposter syndrome breakthrough masterclass. I cannot wait because in this one hour masterclass, I'm going to show you how you can make the ultimate shift from struggling to execute with confidence and feeling not good enough and confused as to how you can make changes to exploding your personal confidence in your leadership role and eliminating imposter syndrome for good so you can make the impact you want to make while maintaining balance and having a lot more fun too. Trust me, this is going to be so worth an hour of your time. Head over to lucygarden.com forward slash masterclass right now to save your seat. Yeah, what, what what I would say there is, I think reflective questions are great on this, right? One question I think is just really, really simple. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And interestingly enough, so when I reached out to influential leaders and stuff like that, I also reached out to a couple of artists as well. And Amy Huberman was one of those artists. So the actress Amy Huberman, what, a, what a, an amazing woman she is. And she says to me, I says, I wasn't going to reach out. Um, I thought you would have said no. And she says, "What? What you call it? If you don't, if you if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Mm-hmm. So, what's the worst that can happen? You're actually like it's a it's a fear at the end of the day. It's a fear of rejection. That's what it actually is. It's a fear mm-hmm. of rejection. But I've started to reframe that for myself. I says, we are. I'm if I don't ask, I'm pre-rejected. I'm already rejected. Mm-hmm. It's only by putting myself out there that you give yourself a fighting chance. Yeah. So it's reframing it in your mind. If you don't ask." the answer is always no and you are pre-rejected unless you put yourself out there like if you're afraid to go for a job position and you don't go for it you don't get the job if you put yourself out there and you go for it you might get it or you might not get it you're giving yourself a fighting Mm -hmm. chance so it's just reframing reframing that and another question i love is i remember writing a blog on it one time as well and it got a good response it gives me it gives me a feeling something that vibes with people it's simple question what would you do if you weren't afraid? Yeah. And there's another aspect of that as well. Like it's like failure. It's like re- reframing failure as well. All of these things come into it. Like failure isn't failure. It's just a step on the ladder to success. But you've got to learn from that and adjust and pivot. So it's just really part of the path because maybe you reached out to someone and you put yourself out there and you didn't get the answer that you wanted. So it gives you a chance to pivot and do it better next time. And, and as you said, you're not being rejected. It's just different things at different times. It's I'll give you 
give you a laugh actually. I, I've been like I, I think I'd send uh, Joe. I send big, some of the biggest podcasts in the world. I send them an email. It just pop into my head and I send them an email. I think I've been rejected from Joe Rogan's podcast about twenty times. I don't even know if I want to be on the podcast. It'd be great, obviously, for our business, yeah. like you know. But it's like just throw it out there. And I wanted to be on Russell Brand's podcast as well because like, Russell was in in recovery and that was great. And I've been reaching out to him for years, and then. Like before Christmas, um, I met a guy called Brian McDermott, former Premier League footballer, and Russell Brand came up. So I'd love to meet Russell. Some great mates with Russell. So I'll get give you a shout. <laughs> before Christmas, I got a video from Russell Brand, and he's like, Brian, you stop bothering me on social media. Leave me alone. Having the crack. He says, No, come over to London. Let's come over. So I'm going over to London in in a month or two. But that's five years of rejection from Russell Brand. But now I'm going over next month. But amid all of that promotion and all the rebranding and all the launch of my new membership, there was a lot of challenges. And I always like to keep things real in a hope that when I go through something and I learn something, I can share it with my lovely listener, you, um, on the podcast. So while I've shared in the other episodes all of the amazingness of everything that I've you know launched recently with 360 and the website and all of that, there was a lot of challenges that were going on simultaneously. So today I'm just going to talk you through three powerful mindset shifts to help you through challenging times based on what I've learned. So all of that aside, if you're multitasking, come back to me because right now I'm going to share those three things, those three mindset shifts I made, which helped me to get through that challenging time. So the first one is that life is all about contrast. You cannot have the good without the bad. And I reminded myself of that. I reminded myself that better days were coming. I I imagine if any of you were um, Boyzone fans back in the day, I loved Boyzone. If you're not from Ireland, or you'll know if you're in the UK. You might not know if you're in the US or Europe. Now, you probably will in Europe, actually. But there was a band, uh, like a boy band back in the, God, in the 90s um, called Boyzone. And the lead singer, Ronan Keating, he left, but he released a song called Life is a Roller Coaster. You've just got to write it. And I imagined that I thought about that song as I was going through all of this. And I was thinking about the contrast and I was imagining like being on a roller coaster and I was in a dip and I was in my, you know, in my carriage and I was just thinking to myself, OK, well, I'm down in this dip right now. The only way is up. So I want you, my invitation for you is to remember that we cannot have good without bad and contrast just actually shows you what you don't want and when you know what you don't want it means you know what you do want and then you can take action towards moving towards it so that's the first mindset shift I made is that life is all about contrast and you can't have good without bad the second thing was when everything feels like it's falling apart it's actually just coming together so again, every single time without fail in my life and in my business, when I felt like my life was falling apart or when things felt up in the air, because again, remember, just ton- there was tons of stuff going on in my personal life too. And it just felt like, honestly, everything was falling apart at the same time. It, I just reminded myself that it, it's, it's all actually just coming together. The, the universe is getting all the building blocks in place to be able to get you what you want. So the next time you're in a challenging situation, be that you're going through a reorgan work or you lose a family member or you know you get made redundant or something bad happens to you 
it's all happening just as it's supposed to. You are always on the right path because it's the path you're on and everything is going to work out in the end. So that's something that I reminded myself of too. And then the third thing that I reminded myself, the third mindset shift is from my my lovely mommy, who always says that that phrase, this too shall pass, this too shall pass. So I just kept reminding myself that nothing stays the same. Everything changes. This is going to pass. I've got through tougher times before. And how we can get out of it quicker is by looking for the lessons. Like what can you learn from the situation? Stay focused on what you want, not what's happening. So instead of you going, oh my God, this is so shit that this is happening. Well, what do I want? Okay, like what do I want? So try to stay focused on how you want to feel and just choose the next best emotion. And then what you need to do is align your actions towards your goals. So reminding yourself that it's going to pass and then just aligning yourself with with your actions towards your goals is going to help you get focused. So if you're going through a challenging time right now, I am sending you love. I'm sending you a big virtual hug and I want you to know that you are stronger than you think. You are more resilient than you will ever know and you have all the power within you to get through and resolve anything because you are resourceful, you are whole and yeah, that's really just what I wanted to say to you today. We all have a relationship with money and it's based on your conditioning, it's based on your childhood. So I mean I see it all the time with women, all the time. I see women who come into me and they want to work with me and they want to invest in themselves and there's not even a question that they're just ready to go. Like there's not even a doubt in their mind at all. They're smart, they know that when they invest in themselves that they're a sure thing because they're in control of their investment and they just they just do it, okay? And that's like several thousand euro depending on what it is. Then I see other women who like the thoughts of them spending or investing money in themselves like makes fills them with dread. They just don't feel they're worth it, even though they have the money. This is the thing. It's not that they don't have the money. The money is usually there either in the bank account or it's either there in shares, but they don't feel that they're worth it. So now let me tell you something. And again, if you're multitasking, come back to me. If you don't feel you're good enough to invest in yourself, You are not going to feel good enough to ask for a salary increase, okay? So you have got to realize that if you want to invest in yourself, be that getting Botox like I do, investing in coaches like me, or investing in a course you really, really want to do, or investing in you, I'm not talking about something material, I'm talking about something that's going to fuel your personal and professional growth and development. If you are not there yet, if you can't just hand over your your credit card or take money out of your bank account because you have blocks around your value and if you are worth it and can I really do this for myself? What about the children and what about this? If you can't do that, you're not in a position to go for a salary increase. Okay, I can tell you that with certainty. All right. So you've got to do the work on your money mindset. You need to build your confidence and you need to really go in to the conversation with your manager knowing full sure that you deserve it or you're not going to get it, okay? You want to really manage your energy and realize that they're not doing you a favor if they give you the, the salary increase, okay? You deserve this, okay? You deserve this. So what you really don't want to do is go in with, a, with a, an energy of looking for permission 
because permission-based energy is weak, okay? We don't want you to be powerless and want you to be a powerhouse because you are, okay? And it all starts with knowing your worth. And on that, that whole area of investing in yourself, this is something that a lot of women I work with would struggle with, you know, investing time in themselves, like putting themselves first. Like a lot of women, as you've, you've probably seen yourself, you know, they put the team first, they put the family first, um, you know, they'll invest in holidays thinking that actually if I just have two weeks, you know, I'll just like keep looking forward to this two week holiday, I'll be fine. And they never are because I think you need that ongoing. So what would you say to the women who are listening who put everyone else first and they're hearing you and they're saying, yeah, I'd love to be able to exercise, but my to-do list is too long and I have kids. Like how can we get those ladies to shift their mindset to realize that they are, they deserve it? Oh my goodness. It's such a big question. And, and, you know, I, one of the things, you know, I look back on over my career and, and how my life has evolved over the last few years is sometimes with a little bit of experience, you look back and think, hmm, should have done that maybe a little bit differently. And you start to deploy new tactics or new strategies around that. So some of it just comes with learning. You know, it's like everything in life. We talk about that with our kids as well, right? Sometimes they have to make mistakes and learn for themselves. But, you know, somebody said something to me when I was much younger in my career, and it has stuck with me all the while, you know, you work in organizations, no matter what size they are, there are people all around you who are talented, who are smart, who are fantastic, who work really hard, and just like you do. So the question is, how do you make yourself stand out? And so from a a business point of view, I was advised, take out 10% of your time, however you split that up, make sure that you are looking at your North Star or looking at your plan or looking at your skills or looking at where you're going next or looking at your network, whatever it might be. Because if you're somebody sitting in a position where you're going to help somebody to develop their career, for example, and you're faced with all of these talented people, how do you know which one to go for, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes you need to take that time out to make sure that people know you're there. They know what you're doing. They know that you're ambitious um, and that you have the right people around you to to nudge you along in that journey. And that's just from a work point of view, but again, you know, from a, a, a more holistic life point of view, I think you almost have to put something in your calendar that says, stop, have you done something for yourself? There's always other priorities. I bet you never walk out of your job at the end of a week and say, I got everything done. I don't think I've ever done that. No. So like that in life, did I clean the windows? Did I take the kids to the dentist? Did I, you know, whatever it is you were planning on doing? I mean, did I get the uniform, the outfit for the communion, which I was trying to do a few weeks ago, which nearly drove me completely nutty. Um, <laughs> know nobody ever achieves everything all of the time so it's just a case of what's most important and honestly I can only speak for myself Lucy if if I'm not in the right frame of mind that makes things so much more difficult so and for me as I said the physical exercise or going for a spa or whatever it might be that you like to do um you just got to put it up there It, it is a priority you've got to get it as a mantra into your own head prioritizing your tasks it's going to just help you get so organized and it really does reduce feelings of overwhelm. So make your to-do list and prioritize your tasks based on their importance and their deadline. So this will help you to stay more focused and it'll just help you to feel more more in control. So a lot of people, excuse me, um, find it difficult to prioritize because they believe, believe that everything is a priority. But everything can be a priority. It might be a priority for your company, but you're only one person, right? So you've got to be able to kind of come up out of the weeds, 
get strategic, look at the business goals, look at the big picture. If you're not clearer, you need to get seek that clarification, but be ready to know, I suppose, your I suppose your capacity in a sense. And just because you're if you're at like I work with a lot of women who will be at VP level or SVP level, just because you're at that level in an organization does not mean that you have to dedicate your entire life to that company. Because what's like unless you you love it and you're not stressed and there's no anxiety and that's all cool if that's what you want amazing but if you're feeling stressed or your work-life balance is out of sync and you're lonely and you miss friends and you wish you had more time to exercise but the company is taking your time the only way you ever change that is by taking back control the only way you ever change that is by making a decision that you're worth it that you deserve more and I have, I was thinking of a client of mine that um, she was at, yeah, I think she's like an executive vice president. I get so mixed up with you all and all your different titles. Um, and she was working like 70 hour weeks and crazy hours on, you know, different time zones and things like that. And she was so afraid to step back because she had this imposter syndrome that a lot of women would struggle with and men too. And she really didn't want to step back because she was afraid that, you know, her team would drop the ball or that her boss would think she was incompetent. But what ended up happening is she completely burned herself out and she had to take the time away. And, you know, we did a lot of work together and things like that as well. And she went back with a newfound confidence and new boundaries, fresh perspective, a lot more trust for her team. And literally what ended up happening was she was sought out for promotion to divisional president as she loosened the reins. So if that's not evidence to support the fact that when you take care of yourself, magic things happen, I really don't know what is. As a female in a male-dominated world, you have managed to work your way up to sea level uh, and make a really big impact. Um, so tell me about the transition from maybe middle management to senior management to sea level. Yeah, I think a couple of things. I was always really interested in learning how leadership actually works on the ground. And so I had this aspiration when I was at PricewaterhouseCoopers to be a chief of staff. And I didn't mind if it meant getting someone's coffee or organizing someone's diary. There was no sort of task that was too small because what I really wanted to learn was how is this job done? How do you manage a team of thousands of people? How do you run a billion dollar, a multi-billion dollar firm? And so that was always a curiosity that I had very early on in my career. And I was so fortunate that um, several of the partners supported me early on in that, that part of my career. I was able to see that. So I think that's kind of, first of all, is kind of looking at maybe how you get there a little bit differently. And then second was taking some risks. So I had done my leadership rotations at PwC. I went to the bank and I worked for the C-suite there as well. And then when I went to Ernst & Young, I was like, wow, okay, I really need to figure out how I'm gonna pivot more into that leadership role. And there's an opportunity actually to be uh, chief of staff to the managing partner for Financial Services Africa. And it was such a risk for me because I had never lived in Africa before. I didn't know anything about Joburg, but I had essentially moved there for a short-term secondment. I decided I was just going to take the risk, do it, spent 
a little over 12 months there and eventually became the chief operating officer. So that was the transition into, for me, my first C-suite role was taking, taking that risk. And it wasn't a short journey. I have to say, you know, I had my first leadership rotation in 2008, I believe. And then finally, I think it was probably eight years later, was able to secure that role. Mm -hmm. um, so it took me almost half my career to get there, but it was certainly worth their journey. I think that's a, the perseverance, the flexibility and the risk taking, because sometimes there are some things that and some projects I took on that maybe didn't quite fit in the path, but you know, no harm, no foul kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So you said something really interesting there, if I heard you correctly, that you went to Johannesburg for a year and basically you went in for one role and you left having gone to the C-suite within that year. Did I hear that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, okay. yes. So I want to know, this is the juice. How did you do that? <laughs> so it's interesting because I think we talked offline about, you know, what kind of advice would you have for other people or what advice have you been given? And you know, um, I, I was married before, I don't mind sharing that. And one of the pieces of advice that my ex-husband gave me was he was like, sometimes like, don't be so pushy. You know, you can find a balance between asking for what you want and, you know, getting that in, in a way that will make you comfortable and other people comfortable. And that's always been the balance for me because sometimes you're afraid to ask, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't really want to go after this. And on the other hand, you're like, no, you know, I need to look out for me. I, I have certain goals and I have certain aspirations. So for me, when I was in Johannesburg, I was doing the chief of staff role. And I realized that everything I was really doing was more of a chief operating officer. So I had mentioned that. I said, you know, we don't have a COO. What do you think about me officially moving into the role of COO? And I guess if you don't ask, you, you, you know, you never know. And the managing partner at the time, he was like, sure, I think that's a great idea. Let's do it. And it was just as easy as that. And it was, it really helped me. So it wasn't just a title. It was really earning my seat at the table where I was now part of leadership. I was part of partner promotion conversations. I was part of uh, moving our strategy forward, you know, HR discussions about bonuses and raises and things that I think before as a chief of staff, I wasn't necessarily as privy to. Mm -hmm. That was a really amazing transition. And it really came from me purely asking the question and again um you know not doing it in an aggressive way and you know I think the other thing too is being prepared for whatever answer you might get because mm -hmm. I have been told no many times I told you I was going to give you some strategies to boost your confidence and I really want you to take at least one or two of them and do them this week change how you speak to yourself in your head this is so so important You'll never speak to anyone as much as you do in your own head. I'm going to say that again. So if you're multitasking, come back to me. You will never speak to anyone as much as you do in your own head. So you've got to start being more kind and compassionate with yourself. You've got to start being your own cheerleader. You've got to start realizing that you have all the resources within you to do anything you want. The second thing that you can do, the second strategy is if, you know, you really lack confidence inside and you look at somebody else who is super confident and you look at them and you go, oh my God, I wish I could be as confident as them. I wish I could be as articulate as them or show up with such charisma as they do. Ask them to be your mentor. Ask them to help you. 
Again, most people will never do this because we're afraid of judgment. We're afraid of looking weak. But actually, it does not make you look weak. It actually makes you look competent. It is somebody who has a growth mindset, who wants to grow, who wants to learn. So if you want to feel more confident, you need to surround yourself with more people who are acting like you want to act and ask them to support you, ask them for tips, ask them to help you. The third strategy then, which is the most difficult thing, is to align your behavior to who you want to become and push yourself out of your comfort zone. So every time you get close to the edge of that comfort zone, you're sitting in that meeting with those people that you feel intimidated by. You're looking around the room and you have something to say or you disagree with something. And as the Mel Robbins rule, which I love, the 54321 technique, I think she calls it, you literally have five seconds to act before your brain talks you out of it. So you might be sitting there and you might go, I disagree with that. And you look around at those faces and you see those maybe threatening eyes or some dominant characters that you don't feel comfortable with. Five, four, three, two, one. No, I won't do it. And then you sit there. You need to, in that moment, make a decision. And remember, this is a call for growth. You will never feel confident. Confidence does not come from listening to podcasts. It does not come from reading books. It does not come from wishing you felt more confident or beating yourself up. Confidence comes from taking action even when you don't want to. Confidence is a lack of belief that the outcome is going to happen that you want. So you've got to show your mind evidence that it is going to work out. So when the next time that you feel like sitting down and playing small, and sitting there and hoping that someday somebody will hear your voice. Nah, ah, ah. That's not going to happen. You've got to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Okay. You've got to push yourself because that is the only place confidence comes from. Confidence comes from doing the things you don't want to do and then realizing that you could do them all along. Okay. So it's the hardest thing to do. So I really urge you to really pay attention to your own behaviors this week and how you're feeling in yourself and if you're in those situations where you would typically shy away I want you to go for it I want you to put your big girl pants on and I want you to remember who you are and I want you to remember that you're not being a bitch you're not hurting somebody you're not stealing somebody's light you're not going to get in trouble if somebody looks at you unfavorably for what they what you've said that is their problem okay you have got to own your worth What inspired this episode really was with most of my clients and with everyone I know, we all have problems or communication issues with our bosses from time to time. And sometimes, you know, you've had great bosses and then you also can have those bosses or leaders who really, first of all, you think you have no idea why they're in the role because they don't like managing people. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know those ones? And then you have other bosses who really just are micromanagers and things like that. So I suppose we can all have these frustrations. So really today I wanted to share five simple actions that you can take to improve your relationship with your boss. 
get a little personal with your boss. Now you don't have to overdo it, but it can really help to solidify your professional relationship. So I personally believe it's really important to be authentic. And what authentic means is just being yourself. It means not being afraid to show who you are, to crack a joke. Like I loved pink, right? I was never afraid when I was at, at some point, but like towards my latter years, I wasn't afraid to show who I was because I was proud of who I was and the work I had done on myself because I had invested in myself. I had done the, the inner work to be able to kind of have this kind of confidence. So don't be afraid to get confident or to get personal with your boss. You might just ask them how they got on at the weekend. And if they're a talker and all they do is talk about their kids and what they bought and where they went, you just jump in and let them know because sometimes people talk about themselves because they haven't been taught how to ask questions, but they genuinely, we tend to be interested in other people. Don't we tend to be interested when somebody starts telling a story? And by doing this, you'll actually find that you have stuff in common. You might have a laugh or at the very least, you might just relax for a few minutes instead of worrying about what's going on with the current projects and where you are with the schedule and how this project is and your KPIs and all that jazz. So the third category or bucket is the don't want it. So these are tasks that need to be dealt with, but they don't actually need your specific expertise so it might be things like a department rep at a meeting or other people's priorities so if somebody comes to you with something that's an emergency an apparent emergency it's their priority they haven't been organized enough they have something coming due that all of a sudden is being landed on you it happens all the time you don't want that it's you teach people how to treat you so you know again I in my programs I kind of we go through this in more detail there's a whole kind of system around setting boundaries but you really don't want to be just dropping all of your important stuff to support somebody else if it's going to affect your productivity or ultimately if it's not aligned with the business goals okay trivial requests from others so you don't want to be doing that stuff you have worked too hard to get where you are to be spending time searching for things and administrative tasks and things you don't want that stuff right but you need to delegate those things um providing solutions again would be another thing to with for other people without them even trying themselves so some leaders are fantastic at coaching um and again this is something i teach in my programs coaching and helping their teams to come up with solutions or pushing back because if you don't if your team don't learn to problem solve and learn to become I suppose self-sufficient it actually damages their not only their performance it actually limits their confidence and they won't really grow so I'm a big fan of you know giving autonomy to my team and asking them to try figure it out not because I'm being mean, it's actually for two reasons. Number one, because I want them to learn and grow themselves, because that's what we're here for on this earth, to learn and grow, to solve problems, to feel accomplished when we do things we didn't really think we could. And also because I have other stuff I need to be doing. So I want you to adopt the same kind of mindset. You deserve to control your time. You deserve to control your life. So what you, what I want you to do is to apply my dad method. Now, it can be difficult to do this because sometimes there's mindset work that needs to be done in advance in order for you to have the confidence to do this. But I'm going to share this with you anyway. It's what I tell my clients and it's how um, they get results. 
So it's the DAD method. So it's D-A-D, define, apply, and defend. So the very first thing I want you to do is I want you to get crystal clear on what's acceptable for you, not what's acceptable for other people. So again, if you're multitasking, come back to me. What do you want? Do you want to be on your emails at nighttime? Maybe you do, that's fine. But if you don't, why are you doing it? Do you want to be replying to WhatsApps? I'll give you an example, actually. When it comes to boundaries, I'm super clear with my VIP clients where, 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 how we work together. So work-life balance is a core value of my company and myself because I have been there where I didn't have it. And now that I have it, I'm never giving it up again. So I have very clear boundaries that, you know, we, I, we our primary method of contact is email um, and then to allow 24 hours for me to respond because I don't want to be on my phone all of the time. There's lots of coaches out there who use different or different apps like Voxer and Telegram where they their clients, you know, can voice note them at any time. I don't operate that way. So if you ever want to work with me, please just know that you will get the results, by the way, when you work with me through my system, through my processes, with everything I give you and with our one to ones and all that kind of stuff. But you don't get me 100% of the time. And I'm very, very clear on that for myself because I value my time and my life far too much. So I want you to know that it's okay to value your time and it's okay. Like my clients don't think any less of me, the ones who work with me, because they respect that. So you, and it actually inspires other people then to set boundaries for themselves. So you control your time. You get to decide when you work within reason. Obviously you're employed by your employer. But if you don't want to be working all the hours, if you don't want to be dialing into calls at two o'clock in the morning, like what are you doing it for? You're telling yourself a story in your mind that you have to do it for your role. But I'm sorry, a meeting doesn't have to happen when you're supposed to be asleep. Yes, you might be in a different time zone. I fully appreciate that. And sometimes the shit hits the fan. But if you weren't there, would, it, would the business really fall to pieces? In the majority of cases, it wouldn't. So there's ways and means if you get clear, especially if you manage time zones and when you're available and do it around what works for you, not what works for other people. You'd be surprised how people will um, accommodate it. But the most important thing is, and if you're multitasking, come back to me, is when you set a boundary, you then have to do it with conviction. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed those little snippets of our best bits of our 100 episodes. Thank you again for being here with me. And like I invited you earlier, please slide into my DMs and tell me what you enjoy about the show and what you'd like to see more of. Maybe it's leadership, maybe it's mindset, maybe it's confidence, maybe it's conflict management, maybe it's more interviews or more fun. Please let me know because we we, we do this for you, myself and Ali, my podcast manager and Tierna. We are all here for you. So just slide in and let me know. And thank you. I hope you enjoyed today. Do not forget to rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends and try to see can we get up the charts this week in Apple and on Spotify. So until next week, be safe, be well, and remember you hold all the power to change your life and I cannot wait to connect with you again soon. Bye for now.